Blog Talk Radio. Well, hi guys. Um, as you know, is the dark side. We are always forensically paranormal here, and I am just waiting for my co-host to be able to get in. So we're having a little bit of technical difficulties here. Hello, hello. I know, it was a technical difficulty the whole way this time. You there? Yes, I am. (laughs) Well, my name is Carol, and this is Amy, and we are absolutely the dark side, or... Well, I guess better known as forensically paranormal or scientifically paranormal, however you want to call it. So I hear tonight's episode is talking about science and the paranormal. Yes. And there is so much fascinating stuff going on um, in the paranormal with science right now. Um, We have become leaps and bounds from where the field was even 10 years ago. Can you give me some examples of that? So, like, I mean, that sounds really exciting, but can you, can well, you describe I mean, what you're talking well, about for those of us who are uninitiated? <laughs> uninitiated. Well, back, back in the day when I very first started in this field, we didn't have all the gadgets they're using today. Um, we pretty much went old school. You know, strings on bells actually was a thing. Um, <laughs> we laid down. Flower on the floor, looking for the footprints. Right. And it now was full Scooby-Doo. We were full on Scooby-Doo. We sure were. And everything has just taken leaps and bounds. And I really think that every new outbreak or every new step forward shall we say, in that science is taken, that not only are we closer to proving that the human consciousness survives after bodily death, but we're actually closer to being able to prove multiverse theory, which is extremely exciting. Well, yeah, that's actually, that that's incredibly exciting. So... Um, but how does, in your opinion, how does multiverse and quantum physics and all of this, how does this tie into what you view as the paranormal? Well, you know what? Maybe we should preface that and get into uh, your background, so your experience and, like, how you know these things. Well, actually, um, most people out there know I'm – the godmother of incorporating forensic science into the field of the paranormal. I 100% believe that the dead can solve their own crimes. I know that to be fact. 
Um, so and I about agree with 14 you. years ago. About 14 years ago, I um, developed this thing that with it, you, it was called the Mind Machine, a.k.a. Malice Frequencies. Nowadays, we changed the name. Um, but we believe that the dead do come back. The dead do have a voice. They do speak. Um, so I believe that before we can prove or deny a haunting of any kind, we have to prove or deny what took place to cause that haunting. Okay. So we ended up incorporating almost, if they want to picture it, it's almost like incorporating CSI meet the paranormal field, basically. And then you go ahead and add in some, you know, memory trace theory and uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of other scientific matter. You know, a deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just go way down rabbit holes. But um, are they? Yeah, but are you know, they multi-dimensional it, rabbit holes? That's uh, that's what everybody really wants to know. <laughs> oh yeah, they are definitely multiple. Oh yeah, oh yeah, beyond it. Well, I keep telling people my brain is broken. Um, somewhere along the line, you know, my brain took a far left. Um, just because if you think about our and you and I have actually talked about this with the multiverses and the mirrored realm. And even the new, the the brand new study that had come to light, where black holes actually hold sound, which is amazing. I mean, that's that's absolutely amazing to me. And um, I guess, uh, you know, we're here um, helping a helping your dear friend out. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, there was a new study that was recently released. Um, regarding that has, uh, I, be, I believe, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's got it up on his website, a few other things like this, and they have the sound recordings from black holes, and which is fascinating because everybody before said black holes, the, the gravitational fields are so incredibly intense that no sound can escape, no light escapes, no sound escapes. It's just this massive void, and that's not the fact. You actually have, like, incredible incredible sound waves and it's it's freaky it is freaky sounding it sounds like a like a chorus of the damned i think it is honestly honestly i think like i've been to a lot of like for you know haunted houses and and all those things uh watched a ton of horror movies i'll tell you what i have never in my life heard anything this freaky sounding okay Ooh, the and i heard a lot of, of the black hole Whoa. it is did you, you think that was good enough for radio <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> it is extremely <laughs> creepy yeah. um not to mention if you take into that place right and this is just my brain going down a rabbit hole again if you take now that we have sound connected with the black hole, correct? Mm-hmm. They they just put it out. It's amazing. So everything we knew about the dimensional pools, about the, you know, what so-called black holes, supernovas, we have to step back and take a second. Look at all that now, especially with this new data that had come to light. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think, I mean, personally, I think that has a big effect on the paranormal. Oh, I think it has a huge effect. 
Because basically when I we're mean, talking about the paranormal. If you think about it, though, when Stephen Hawkins and Leonard Malondo turned around and was studying black hole supernovas, everybody knows Hawkins is like, yeah, he's my hero. So I love Hawkins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, if we take into this new, if we take into account this new data, everything about the scientific law on it has to be completely reformatted. But that's what science does. And that's like the cool thing about science is that you don't really have too many things that are, that are hard and fast rules. I mean, you get laws, yes, but, you know, it's hypotheses, it's theories, it's always a work in progress and always open to modification as you get new data. I know. I love it when people say, oh, so what's your next project? this project that we're working on now isn't going to be done for several more years. I mean, we're just now in the controlled study environmental part of it. And it took us 13 years to get to that, (laughs) you know? Well, okay. So you raise a really interesting point. So, and uh, which is your study or the study that you're currently involved with, which involves human consciousness. And you're just talking about the impact of multidimensional theory, you know, the new findings about, you know, the information from black holes, how that impacts our understanding of other science. But um, how does that, how does the multiverse and all of that, how do you think that impacts what your studies have shown and some of the recent studies have shown related to human consciousness and where it goes after death? Well, or does it go? We know that we absolutely know that, um, and medically speaking, and see, this is where I think the paranormal field and the science field butt heads. Mm-hmm. We're not really saying different things; it's just we're using different wordage. For instance, what they call the bright white light, in medical terms, it's called the death flash. So it's the same thing, it's just two different terminologies. And, you know, scientists are the worst ones in the world when they get something in the, They're like pit bulls on greasy pork chops. When they <laughs> get something, they are going to hold on to that with all their might because that's what a scientist does. They prove their theory. Um, so, yeah, they become, you know, little pit bulls over it. But I believe, and this is um, just what I found out over the 13 years. And now remind you, when I first developed the malice, very first developed the malice, I did not wake up one day and say, hey, let's solve the paranormal world. No, 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 no. I woke up and said, you know what, I would love to work with the natural beats in the human brain and see if we can't stop or slow down either way, Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, depression. Um, It just so happened that my device took a very hard left on me. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll never forget the first time we used the device. There was a guy by the name of Jeremy Leonard on the device. And he wasn't wasn't a pastor when I met him, okay? (laughs) He was on the device 
and up above his head was a three-foot by three-foot cross. And everybody that was on the device saw it, everybody. It was projected into the air. Now, you have to imagine when everybody was like, what is going on? So I know That's- for a fact that the human mind is strong enough to project things. Um, so it ended up more being used for PSI testing. <laughs> But that's cool. So, okay. so basically, projections. So, like, so, so, what do you think the cross was? Like, you're. I mean, you you kind of brushed over it, but like to you, what is that? That's a projection of consciousness. That's a an energy Correct. form. Correct. Well, we know that what people call ghost spirit. What are some other names they use? Ghost spirit. Oh, the the dreaded D word. Phantom. Demonic. Oh, yeah. Um, the yeah. Big D. Yeah, Casper, whatever they want to call it over there. Um, mm-hmm. We know that what it is actually is the human body is energy. It is first law of science. You cannot you cannot recreate or destroy energy. It can only change from one form to another. I didn't write that. You know, um, that's the correct law of science. So if you take that into account, mm-hmm. and you take how the brain works on different horses. Um, then you have to, if you're amping it up, it would only make logical sense that at some point it is going to extend outward, just like it would after bodily death. I believe that that is actually what is going on when people project things, like with PSI testing. I believe that people are able to amp up um, their own brain and able to project these things. As a matter of fact, it's been proven. So at what point after the body dies, if the energy cannot be recreated or de- or destroyed, where does it go? It has to go somewhere. Therefore, it's, I believe that it implodes into the atmosphere surrounding us, almost like mixing two frog DNAs together. A fingerprint left behind, per se. Okay. And then where, um, where does the rest of the energy go? Well, and see, that's what we're trying to figure out. Um, you know, now, I know, I know, I read recently a very fascinating study on, uh, on human consciousness and uh, a belief that microtubules, like... Oh, Really? extending interdimensional microtubules that have, or quantum tubules that the energy transfers into other dimensions. Yes, the, the M theory, the multiverse theory. Multidimension, multiverse. Well, Stephen Hawkins has proven that the closest dimension to ours, or multiverse or whatever, is the mirrored universe. It's the mirrored multiverse. Um, This is where a lot of scientists believe that what people in the paranormal field call the Doppler-ganger and other things like that actually come from. We know that the multiverse is We just, you know, we haven't been able to time travel, so. But they did just do a study where they were able to time travel. 
This is what people don't understand. Yeah, yes, well, they did. Saying, yes, they did. Explain that was that the to Cuban them. study. Explain that to our listeners and explain how that will definitely possibly play into the multiverse theory as well as the paranormal theory. Which one? The uh, the the time travel? <laughs> is that the? Uh-huh. Is that the? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So um, it is my understanding, and you know, if anybody uh, is listening, uh, for this is my my best impression of these brilliant people's work. So <laughs> so you know, bear with me. But uh, I recently read an article that some science were able to reverse the direction of time using a quantum computer. And that basically their study seemed to just completely contradict what we assume to be basic laws of physics. So this has a huge impact because it could completely alter our understanding about, uh, you know, how our universe functions. And when you're getting into the paranormal, I mean, those two things collide. Because is it paranormal because, um, you know, it's, it, it's just spooky or it's whatever. It's paranormal because it's unexplained. It's strange science. It's, it's things that we don't have measurements for yet, for the most part. I mean, cool. hey, at one point in time, the whole concept of penicillin would have been considered paranormal, you know, because... We are in an age where our science is advancing. The sensitivity of our equipment is advancing. So how much of what we believe or perceive to be paranormal is actually based on, on science, the laws of physics, the laws of you know, quantum mechanics and things like that, that we just lack the ability to measure right now. You know? So it, it, it gets into cool places. So when you're talking about changing the rules of the game or your understanding of all the rules of the game, you are firmly in paranormal territory. And I can't think of anything, you know, time travel, come on, right? That's um, definitely paranormal. Yeah, definitely paranormal. So their big thing is uh, they used electrons, okay, and quantum mechanics, They don't get very specific. Um, And what they did is it appeared to turn back time. So they artificially, and I believe this is an actual quote, we have artificially created a state that evolves in a direction opposite to that of the thermodynamic arrow of time. Ooh, big words. That is actually fascinating it's fascinating if you think about it. It is. It is. And what they did, so with this like little time machine experiment that they did, um, and I believe the, uh, the Journal of Scientific Reports um, uh, did, a, did an article on it. Uh, but basically they had a, a, um, a very basic quantum computer, okay, just real, real simplistic, and they made it up of electron qubits, okay? And it's a, it's a unit of information that's kind of like uh, ones and zeros, right? So, but it's actually a superposition. So it's a one and a zero. It's like, um, a, you know, getting into theories, 
when you're talking about multiple dimensions, multiverses, things like this. Superposition, you know, uh, is is kind of, and this is going to be real generic, is the thought that you, you have a an electron or or something that is in a in a position in which it is occupying all of its potential positions at the same time. Okay, so in this one, it's positive and negative at the same time. Okay, so it's it's they have these little qubits that represent both states. So they're in some sort of superposition, and then they have an evolution program that they launched and uh, basically. They make the qubits, it causes these qubits to become an increasingly complex uh, changing pattern. All right. So, and in the article, they go on, they kind of liken it to if you're racking uh, uh, pool balls on a pool table, right, and you hit it with the cue. So you strike the cue with the thing, it, it hits the racked balls, and they go bouncing all over the place, right? Um, so you have increasing levels of complexity when you've got this bounce, okay? That it's, you know, all these actions and interactions, the balls bouncing off each other from all different angles and momentums and yada, yada. So it, it, gets, it gets pretty complicated. It forms these really complicated patterns. Um, but then what they did is they used this other program and they modified the state of these little qubits in such a way that it went from this completely chaotic order to reversing itself and going back to its original position, which is actually really hard. It, like imagine if you're watching a pool table and you've got these balls bouncing all over the place and all of a sudden they stop and they perfectly reverse where they were. Like the whole, every, every trajectory, every ball simultaneously going backwards, perfectly recreating backwards what they just did. So, um, yeah, from the, from the total chaos of these qubits everywhere back to the original state of order that they were first arranged in. So they're basically rewinding these things back to start, back to go, which, which is crazy. It's crazy because what they're saying is that, you know, um, they're likening it to time travel because – it is this perfect reversal, and uh, and um, yeah. So, and they're also likening it because when they get into this thermodynamic thing, is they're talking about um, the second law of thermodynamics. Okay, so there's like one rule, like most laws of science, it's the same backwards as forwards. It's you know they're pretty pretty static, but with, uh, but with, according to this article, with the second law of thermodynamics, the progression from order to disorder, that's a one-way street. That's not a, that's not a clean reversal. So, so basically they're saying that this reversal was like so perfect. And I think they had, what is it says they, they like 85% of the time they were able to do this like perfect reversal when they just had a couple qubits. Um, that the more is qubits they added. That right? is astronomical so, odds. 
right there. That's in, yes, yes. So um, and now the more qubits they added, they had a higher error rate, but you're, all ta you're also talking about more um, collisions, changes in directions. And, you know, I mean, think about it. If you have something that's in its, like, every state it could ever possibly occupy, superposition, and it's banging against other objects that are in every potential that, that it could have. So you're going to have every potential reaction to those two things colliding. You know, right. it's just mind blown. I think, you know, these guys are way, way smarter than me. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that I makes two of us. Boom. Yeah, I think, I think, I think a fold of my brain just, like, imploded. <laughs> you know, and that's, um, I mean, but if you think about it, okay, for instance, when it comes to the paranormal, if you think about science and the paranormal field, you have to take into account there's places out there, like I get people telling me all the time, well, the M, you know, the M theory, multiverse theory, and they're like, mm -hmm. well, how come that, Skinwalker Ranch seems to be the only one that has it. Oh, no, 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 no. Contraire. There are places around the world that literally have the same paranormal phenomenon as Skinwalker Ranch. But because we're in America, we don't get a chance to see the other dimensional pools, whatever you want to classify it as, um, in other countries. If you think about it on a broad spectrum, is mm -hmm. there, say, Skinwalker Ranch is only one, only one. And we okay. know that there are more out there. How many more are there out there? And if that's the case, are those actually rips within the first, dimension or multiverse which is the mirrored universe you know there's so many things that that science can absolutely say yes paranormal occurs yes this is logical we just can't prove it as of yet okay yeah true that but now, like, you're bringing up something really fascinating with the skinwalker. And oh, I love so that's the ranch. I want to go so bad. So let's do it, yeah. Um, I want to be stranded at skinwalker ranch for, like, the whole night outside. Just just me and the skinwalker outside. That's my goal. <laughs> just me and the skinwalkers. Perfect. <laughs> we, um, perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there with cameras. With cameras, exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's we, right. um, we, uh, um, so, okay, so skinwalkers, now, do you consider to be, like, doppelgangers, the same, you know, from the I same category as skinwalkers? I, I do, I do, I do believe that they are biologics, or they are, or they are, um, oh, my brain just, wow, my brain just went blank, um, I do believe that they are. And the reason why, if you think about the logical situation here, okay, mm -hmm. everything about what people know, and I, I'm, not, I'm not one that knows a lot about UFOs and aliens to begin with. I'm just not. I'm not that person. 
Um, but if you think about it, in every account from, you know, UFO, unidentified individual, um, things like that, every account pretty much has, you can, you can map it out. Um, they're all one of three or four, I think, that have been seen. But at no time in history, and if you track it back, not one time in history has an alien or an unidentified person um, been classified as being able to just disappear into thin air. Do believe that whatever is there is actually a riptide in our own dimension leading to the mere dimension. Because a lot of people say that when they've seen the skinwalker, it looks like, A, somebody they know or the person that they're with them or, which sounds to me more like a Doppler than an alien. But that's yeah. my opinion. I don't know a lot about aliens, but I don't know a lot about aliens. We'll have an alien expert on to teach us because I don't know. <laughs> Alien expert. Yeah, yeah. And they're out there. And um, I am also not an alien expert. I mean, I do know that there are some people who have speculated, they've hypothesized based on, you know, that um, interdimensional portals, that some of these things, you know, we've even got some dudes who claim Bigfoot comes through interdimensional portals. That's a that's floating out well, there. Do you think Bigfoot is actually from an interdimensional, or do you think that it is a um, primate that is pretty much hidden for thousands of years? So this is how I'm going to deal with that, because that is such a huge topic. When you get into cryptids, and there's like those two major theories, and and yeah. there's really interesting points about from both, from <laughs> both, because, you know... So I'm just not going to touch that one <laughs> because yeah, I'm going to stick with doppelgangers for the moment. I'm going to stick there. My bad for bringing up I, the Bigfoot. Absolutely. <laughs> if I ever seen something that big ape-like, I'm sorry. I'm not asking it if its name is Harry. I'm running, okay, and hoping that it doesn't give chase. See, my dog yeah, is now. He's excellent. <laughs> He's got your back. Yeah. We, well, she, see, like, you know, I've, I've read some, I've read some books from, you know, some researchers out there, and, and some of the people were speculating that some, some forms of aliens, some forms of beings that rarely get seen, that they're, they're coming in and out of these, these rifts, these portals. They don't know what they are. And there's some people that have, that have claimed to have seen them. But getting back to doppelgangers, so, you know, I I have um, been to a location where they have a mimic. Now, a mimic is a spirit, you know, they believe it's a spirit that imitates people. So it's like a doppelganger, right? Yeah. But they believe that this is, this is a spirit. And I, I can tell you, we, uh, one time was at uh, Missouri State Penitentiary. And one of the guys uh, there, yeah. yep, yep, was talking about the mimic that is down in the, for anybody who hasn't been there, there is a mimic down in the solitary 
okay, um, where they had the solitary confinement for the men, okay. And um, the guide we were with when we were there had this great story about this couple who had been present. It was an older couple. They said this thing always appears when it, you know, but for vulnerable people. Okay, it's like it's targeting vulnerable people. So there's a lot of speculation about what this thing is. Is it an evil spirit? Is it a this? Is it a that? But as one example, so there was an elderly couple that was there. And, uh, you know, the guide sit there. For, for those who haven't been there, like, you know, people go, the, you investigate a building, and the guide will sit there and wait, you know, as you're exploring because they need to have somebody present. And, uh, you know, everybody comes back to meet at the central meeting area where your guide's at, and, uh, and then, you know, when you're ready to move on, you go to the next building. Great. Well, here's this elderly couple, and uh, the husband's taking pictures, okay, because he's a photographer, and he's, he's doing that. And um, so the wife is exploring, and at some point she gets tired, and she comes back, and she's sitting with the guide, the guide I'm talking to. And you know, they're, they're having this conversation. Oh, you know, I'm really tired and I just, you know, I need to get off my feet and everything. And they see from coming up from down the stairs, this woman's husband appears. He walks up the stairs. He looks at the two of them. He sees his wife and he motions to her, okay, to come with him. You know, she's like, what is he doing? And he keeps motioning her over, like, come follow me, okay? And... The woman is looking at the guide, and they're both seeing him, right? The woman's looking at the guide going, well, wait, I didn't know he was downstairs. I thought he was outside. I think I thought he was taking pictures, but last I saw him, I thought he was, you know, over on this end of the building or outside taking pictures or something. They're like, well, you know, they're going, well, I guess maybe he came back in and we missed him. Now, for those, again, who haven't been there, there's, this is solitary confinement, um, in one of the men's buildings, okay, it's for really dangerous criminals. There is no exit entrance down there in solitary, okay? It's, like it's, it's you like, can just walk out the fire exit, yeah. Yeah, at the prison. It's not like, yeah, they don't have a fire exit there. They, it's, it's a hole. It's a freaking hole in the ground that they shove you in and try to forget about you. Um, okay, not literally, <laughs> but close enough, close enough. But No, they still do it in a day. Yeah, yeah, they did, actually. You should see some of those cells. Holy man. But uh, so anyway, so they're going, well, how did he get that? Did I, maybe we just weren't paying attention. We missed him. So the woman gets up and starts walking towards her husband. Now, she's got across this big main lobby area, right? So she's walking across. And, um, and she's almost to the stairs. And this thing is motion. It's backing down the stairs. It's going back downstairs. She's almost there. She's one foot away from stepping on that staircase going down, and the door opens. The main door to the hall opens, and it's her husband coming in from outside. So he was outside taking pictures. And the guide (laughs) sees him and goes, stop, and everybody is, like, yelling, and she stops, and she looks, and she sees her husband, and she turns around, nothing there. So, yeah, yeah, right? So what they say, and this mimic has been seen so many times, like so many times, but it never talks. It never talks. 
So wow, there you go. Is that is that one of your doppelgangers? Are we in spirit land now? Because I personally, well, I I think that's spirit land. I think you can have different things that imitate people. Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, when we owned, we actually had bought an a old, well, it was a funeral home way back in the day, like early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And then in about the 1940s, 50s, their um, insane asylum got full, so they used it for, or maybe it was the 60s and 70s, they used it for a halfway house for the criminally insane. Oh, my God. Um, and it, it, yeah, it was a big Victorian, that, like an old funeral home house, one of those really wow. big ones. Yeah. And they turned it into a halfway house for the criminally insane. So they had like four four beds to a room. There was five rooms. You know, we had bought the house. Well, the one of the guys had molested and killed two little girls. And it was uh, supposed to be a lockdown facility. Well, in 1992, uh-huh. they didn't lock the door. The guy had gotten out. Because they weren't locking the door. It was supposed to be a locked facility. So mm-hmm. the guy had gotten out, and the father of the two little girls had caught up with him. And they had cut his throat ear to ear. The father did. Um, he, well, he made it back Not to the court. Not surprising. Yep. Okay. And it was so funny because people used to call the police on my house going, there is a gentleman crawling up your stairs holding his throat. Now, the police stopped coming after a while because everybody knew the legend around this house. And we never wow. really thought anything of it. You know, we were like, okay, we've, we've never seen it. Um, but, like, anybody in cars, our neighbors, people walking down the street, um, would literally dial 911 call the police. And so after the police stopped answering it, the whole town kind of got to know the, I guess you would call urban legend, um, of the house, I was in the kitchen one day, and I heard the door open and close. And when I looked out through the grand library, there was nobody at the door. I looked out on the porch, and there was blood on the porch, but nobody was there. Wow. So I do believe, and I firmly believe this, being a mortician, I am telling you for a fact, and I don't care who argues with me on this, I have seen it with my own eyes. The dead do come back. I am not even joking. No playing around. No playing around. I've had way too many incidents happen. For I mean, there was one incident where I literally, literally was going to set an appointment to go get an uh, EKG done on me. Because I really think that my brain was broken. I mean, I, I was like, okay, something happened to where now my brain is misfiring. I need an EEG. I need to have full scans. Um, come to find out that, you know, it wasn't just me that seen it. So, no, I wasn't crazy. Uh, it was literally something paranormal. My question is, though, if they can cross from, say, the mirrored realm, right, a Doppler ganger, into our realm, mm-hmm. if we find that porthole or bell or multi-dimension doorway or whatever you want to classify it as, like at Skinwalker Ranch, 
could we walk through it? And if we did walk through it, would they perceive it the same as we do if they came through ours? There's a lot to unpack. There's just like a lot to unpack there. I, um, there's like, well, okay. So you've got interdimensional stuff and Mm -hmm. which means like, you know, you've got string theory and things where it, you know, it's not just four dimensions or five dimensions or six dimensions. You've got, what are we up to now? 13? Is it 13 dimensions? Okay. I know, I know within our reality, but within our reality, So you have, you know, however many dimensions within our reality, which you can have energy transferring between, okay? So, like, maybe spirits, there's a lot of theories that spiritual energy is in a higher dimension that we just can't measure, right? You know, there's talk about time being, was it fourth or fifth dimension? You're calling me out on my, this is what happens when I start spitballing here. So like don't don't, oh, no, no, no. That's don't blame me if I'm if I'm a little bit off I'm just I'm going I'm shooting from the hip but so you know no it's got, that's the scientist in you yeah <laughs> but we so you you have these dimensions within this reality with this within this universe when you cross over into a mirror world so you've got okay so you have a mirror dimension. You have a mirror world, which is actually a whole different universe or a pocket right. dimension or something of this thing, but it should have the same layers of reality to it, right? And then you've got the multiverse, which is goodness knows how many replicas of this universe, oh, yeah. only all strung yeah. together, you know, and each universe is going to have each one of those dimensions and all the stuff like that. So now you're getting really complex because... Well, each one are of them would have their interdimensional own access. Or are you talking multiverse access? Because I think there's some speculation right. out there about wormholes, you know, yeah. and you know, would we be able to cross? And and I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a tech thing because, you know, if you have that kind of an entanglement and you create basically a wormhole, you know, to be a portal. Um, Theoretically, if you put anything into it, they're supposed to collapse unless you have something stabilizing it on both ends, right? Correct. Is it? That's the. Well, see, and that's so, what's fascinating. So then, what so I the question is, how would it do it? How would it stabilize it? Or does it even need it? Is our whole conception of the physics that's needed to access is that just off? Yeah, very well could be. I mean, nobody's ever gone through, so we're not sure. Well, yeah, there you go. You know. So, although you know, I'll have to catch up on my reading because I did hear there is some some theories out there about making functional wormholes. Well, Maybe and if you think about to it, look up. If you're thinking about it, most of the things that travel or what paranormal claims to travel. Through the multi-dimensions, correct? Um, the mirrored realms. Most of the time with the Doppler Ganger, they, they're in almost shadow form or they can dissipate quickly. They don't, the energy, their energy isn't confined to our 
laws of physics and bodily physics. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. at that point, at that point, is it stand to be a well diverse theory that when we as humans, our body dies and our consciousness mm-hmm. implodes to the atmosphere, since we are no longer governed by the bodily laws, the physics, um, is it possible that we can travel through the different dimensions? And if so, with each different dimension, is there possibly another start or is it just free travel? I mean, why do they come back? Why are some here when some don't? Um, Is it a conscious decision or is it a choice that you have to make? Well, that's a, I mean, that's the question, isn't it? Like, that's that's the big one. Like, but is it all energy that stays behind or is it, you know, is it just consciousness that moves on, you know, theories about a soul? Are there, are these two different things, you know, um, is it one thing? How, well, how does believe- this work and what gets left behind? And is it, is it, I believe is and it- this is what the malice okay. that we're working on. This is what the malice that we're working on. I believe that the what people call, a.k.a. the soul, okay, um, I fully mm-hmm. believe that human consciousness, a.k.a. the soul, are one and the same. I believe that when the, because the body is just a host. It's just a host. We're energy. Everything on this earth is energy. It holds energy. So when the flesh or the body passes, um, a.k.a. human consciousness, which is what you are. It's everything about you. Your consciousness is what makes you you. It makes you happy, sad. If you're, say, for instance, when people run into these, and I hear it all the time, we ran into a demonic. Well, how do you know it's a demonic? Hold up here. Have you ever thought that maybe what you ran into is just a very grouchy person? Because my light bulb went out. It's a demon. <laughs> it's a demon. Yeah. My dog is growling. It's a demon. What? You know, but if you think about it, if the body dies and our human consciousness remains, which is what we are, uh, happy, sad, manic, depressive, bipolar, grouchy, whatever, that makes mm-hmm. us who we are, and our body is just a host, so when we die and that implodes into the atmosphere surrounding us, then our consciousness, which a lot of people will say the soul is what holds, you know, who you are, your your traits, your mannerisms, your, you know, everything that makes you you. But if you think about it, without the human consciousness, the soul can't have the personality. It's physically impossible. It's not logical. I believe that the human consciousness is AKA the soul. The soul is AKA human consciousness. Wait. 
So using the soul and human consciousness are one and the same. I'm just making sure I understand this. Okay. I do. I absolutely do. I absolutely do believe in them. They just did a study, and the study that I read, and now I know this is, science is just bizarre anyways, you guys. you got to wrap your heads around that. But what they did was they just literally created zombies. Like, yeah, literally like World War Z zombies. Like, yeah, Walking Dead type stuff. So, now, when they reactivated the brain, correct, and the pigs, they took a bunch of pig heads and dog heads. I know it's horrible. But when they filtered the serum that they came up with throughout the brain, then the animal came back and it blanketed, oinked it, protested, I guess, having its head on the table, um, whatever it protested. But um, they also did it to an actual person. Now, when they did it to the person, they didn't talk and walk and, you know, like you are and I am right now. But they did show some signs of personality. But don't you think, don't you think, like... Okay, so if the body is just kind of like a big biological computer, let's say, and you have this energy source, maybe it's like, you know, fueled by the soul. Let's say the soul is this big energy ball, okay, that 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 connects us to who knows the great beyond, whatever. Um, But let's just say, so it's this it's this living thing that goes on that's a different that can separate from the physical form. Uh, Even with computers, you get um, magnetic impressions, right? You you get impressions from data. So you have to wipe that hard drive. Otherwise, you've got echoes of what happened there. So is it just echoes? Is that, or is that like, you know, hardwiring? In the uh, in the brain there, so you you begin to animate the flesh and it has a memory of the consciousness. How would you? That's explain actually that? that's actually a really good theory. If you think about well, it, thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, if you think about okay, when I think about it, um, say for instance, I think that it's more of a play on words. Okay. Okay. Um, Like I said at the beginning, so many people, you know, want to call it whatever, uh, bright white light versus the death blast. Um, You know, human soul versus energy trace. Um, Memory versus, you know what I mean? There's so many different. And I think that's where we run into a lot of the problems is because there are so many different variables of words that people play on when yeah. they're talking I, about I, whether it be science or paranormal, but it oh, all sure. actually equates to the same thing. Yeah, my, one of my like, husband's favorite sayings is, first let's define the terms, and now right. let's have the conversation. Because otherwise, right. 
we may be, you know, just kind of uh, saying the same thing and not knowing it and arguing about it, or we may think yeah, we're saying the exact the same thing, but we're not because we haven't defined how we're using those words. What do those words mean to us? You know? Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm huge on that theory. I, well, on that fact, because that is 100% of a fact. What some people, like, people call, um, you know, like the creeper, a low-level demonic um, versus a demonic. Okay, well. The creeper. Okay, okay. wait, 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 wait. We got we to gotta put the pause on the science right now just for a second just to appreciate that word, the creeper. The creeper. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, proceed. you know, I, I'm sorry. I had to like. <laughs> this is an honest to God true story. When this is I a real used to be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about some guy that stands in your bushes and stares at you through your window. You know. Listen, <laughs> creeper. Um, <laughs> they literally call it the creeper. I used to yes. tease people horribly about the creeper. I used to tell him it doesn't exist. No, 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 no. Well, we went to St. Albans Sanatorium, oh. and I was leading a group of people, and I had my shepherd with me at the time, a different shepherd, not this one, Bear. Mm-hmm. And my friend Christy was a little person. Well, we were up down the children's hall, and at the end of the hall, this thing, it, it almost looked like the size of a Rottweiler, you know what I mean, at the end of the hall. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, there is a big dog here. We don't need to run because what's the first thing an animal is going to do if you run? Pursue. It's going to give chase. That animalistic, that's what an animal does. It's a prey. Prey so, runs. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that. Their DNA, that's what they're meant to do. So I'm like telling Chris back away slowly. Well, I get about three steps and this thing Charge is about two feet up. And I turned back around. Chris and my dog had already ran. They were gone. Nowhere to be found. <laughs> they left me in the hall with this thing. With okay, so I'm thinking I'm not going to panic because if I run, this dog is going to attack me. My shepherd's no longer here to protect me. So I just need to back away slowly. And plan two was to get into one of the rooms and slam the door. Because I really thought it was a big dog. Okay. Well, it rushed me another two feet, and it came into focus. Like, you know when you can just see shadow, but then when it comes into focus, you can see it? Yeah. I swear to holy God. This thing, it looked like it walked on its hands and feet, but its front arms looked like legs, but had feet. It was weird. Weird, 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 weird. The face looked like it was contorted, and I mean, seriously contorted. And I remember my brain just kept saying, you know, or my body was like, run. And my brain is like, what is that? You know, so you're standing there almost frozen. You know, you don't know what to do. I mean, you're literally frozen. This thing let out a gurgle type of noise scurbied up the wall and onto the ceiling. I will tell anybody I bolted. I don't think I've ever ran that fast in my life. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Legs and, um, where its arms were. That is... Uh, oh, I was gone. 
I was gone. But the thing of it is, is until that day, when people used to tell me interdimensional, you know, whether it be the Dopplerdinger or whether it be the Biolan or whether it be, you know, the Creeper or any other what people want to call cryptoids, I guess, the, mm-hmm. the red-eyed thing. or There's so many of them. Mothman um, and Bigfoot. Yeah, I used oh, yeah. to tell people that they were crazy. There's no way there could be one of that. You know what? I ate crow. I ate crow. I did not believe it till I physically saw it. Now, this is my question on these. Some people say they're low-level demons, right? Mm-hmm. I've had a couple yeah. priests tell me they're low-level demonic. And I've had other people tell me they're anti, anti-dimensional beings. Hmm. So my brain instantly races to, okay, if they're demonic, could a demonic possibly be, or what we conceive, what we conceive is a low-level demonic, which is cryptos, things like that. Not like, you know, the devil ate my dingo type of exorcism thing. But the, you know, the cryptoids. Could they actually, instead of being low-level demonic, could we be mistaken them for an anti-dimensional being? Or could we, the interdimensional being being misrepresented as maybe a low-level demon? That is... I know, I just took us down a rabbit hole. I know that. I actually know that now. <laughs> we just, well, but, okay, but see, I just yeah, heard but myself. what do you define a demon as? And, you know, what if there's a demon dimension? Like, I mean, what if they're all just different dimensional beings? I mean, but how do well, you... See, uh, exactly. Oh, you caught me. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I know, I just took us down a mad rabbit hole. I am sorry. Okay, I just went Alice in Wonderland on us. So, sorry about that. No, but, no. It's... Um, you know, and that's what I love about us. And, oh, we've got to announce this. We've got to announce it. Okay. Most people out there know. Well, they, they know. I'm a scientist. I mean, that's, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm a total geek. People know. Um, but a lot of people knew that we were getting ready to um, have our own lab at our own college to test PSI and human consciousness. That actually happened today. Yeah. We actually signed contract. We signed contract to be able to have our laboratory. In, uh, now, this is the funny part. They put us in the basement of the college. <laughs> that is so Ghostbusters. I love it. We are the original Ghostbusters now. <laughs> the original. Right? Okay. Okay, well, we are I the, want to be Bill Murray. Yeah, well, we are the real. Let me just say, I called it some Bill Murray. We are the real um, Ghostbusters at this point. Because they literally put us in the basement. <laughs> That's great. But um, so yes. we are actually um. What day was that? That was uh, 
16th of next month, right? 16th and 17th. Yes. So we are actually looking for psychic sensitive intuitive, claim psychic sensitive intuitive people to come and join our study. Join us. Let us experiment upon you. Yeah, let right. us experiment on you. There you go. <laughs> you have to be more promise convincing. Promise to feed you. Oh <laughs> promise to feed you. <laughs> and that you'll recover. It's all good. It's all good. That's amazing. I mean, we are. The Ryan is one of the greatest psychologists. One right here in South Carolina, you guys. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. So, and not only that, but we're going to Angel Island and being trapped on an island. So we got a lot of things coming <laughs> up this year. There's uh-huh. a lot of things. There's a lot of ways to use science with the paranormal. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What is your theory? on human consciousness human consciousness after bodily death mine okay yeah. all right well i don't i don't claim to be a scientist i will put that out there you know i like science i love science i am maybe a little bit of a mad scientist but i don't i'm not uh oh, I've you know out there with my big laser i don't have my big laser yes um Excuse me, yes. playing with time. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, so, okay. Um, theory, my theory on consciousness. So, I think that, I think that our energy, like the things that make us us and our consciousness actually occupy way more dimensions than three. And um, and there are some recent studies that support that um, they believe that human consciousness functions in up to eleven dimensions. Fun fact. Oh wow! You got to so, send me that article. I will. I will. Blue Brain Project. Everybody, if you want to look that up. So there's there's something really fascinating in it. And I'm I'm not claiming that we actually have the tech to measure that accurately, but they did the math on how. Um, the energy is moving in the brains and how certain electrical impulses and the neurons and how information is, is traveling. And they, they kind of use these algorithms to build out how, how, what, how it would need, what would, would be needed for it to function in the way that it functions. And they, they kind of came up with the idea that it's actually traveling, traveling through more dimensions than we can measure, like up up to eleven. They believe up to eleven is how their their math worked to kind of wow with their experiment. So that's mind blowing in it, in and of itself. Um, but I really, when I saw that, um, I was always a believer in kind of the the idea that our energies exist on more planes of existence than like we can consciously physically touch. Um, 
And that a lot of times some of these intuitive experiences, some of these different things is we're interacting with, we're, we're, we're hitting on things that are maybe there's a lot out there in different levels of dimensions, energetic interactions that are occurring that we literally lack the equipment to measure or see right now. You know, so, so if your energy is occupying this much greater space, so like, hey, maybe that, you know, auras, this, that. I mean, we know auras exist just because electromagnetic fields oh, yeah. around, around people exist, okay? And that can be measured here. But I'm talking like one step beyond that. Like, so, you know, you hear a lot of new agey people and stuff like that. No insult, you know, all love everybody you know you go um but <laughs> we but you hear a lot what do we of, know? We're just of some of the new age We're type theories yeah 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 but uh talking about you know these upper dimensional beings and things like this and you know higher dimensions and lower dimensions and stuff well Basically, we're finding that there's evidence to support that there that we are functioning in a lot of these dimensions, but how we're interacting and how we're functioning, I don't know. Um, but m- my personal belief is that we exist across a much greater range of reality than we can see and measure physically. And I think that uh, when our consciousness leaves the body, that it moves on and kind of goes into those dimensions, you know, the ones where where the rest of it is, you know. It kind of releases its hold on the body, almost like, um, you know, um, like a plant pot or something. You're growing something. You're growing a consciousness. You're growing spirit. You're growing whatever you're growing. And then and when it leaves, it moves on because that energy doesn't die. Um but it stops animating that form, you know, that whatever that connection is, that, that you know, um, energetic connection binding these two things together, I think it lets go, and it, and it moves on. And it was really interesting because, where was it? There was an article, not time, not space, um, but there was an article about quantum tubules and believing that consciousness was transferred through these like quantum tubules to other dimensions um, when we die. And I'm I'm gonna have to look that up. And and I and I'm a believer in that. But I'm also a believer in you know like that there's layers of energy at work. Yeah. Um, oh, that yeah. you've got, you know, that you can leave energetic imprints on things. That's, you know, how a lot of these intuitives or sensitives, you know, pick up things that um, you, you can you can imprint on. But, I mean, we're, you're talking about consciousness, like the, the mind, the active, sentience, you know, what have you. Um, not just energetic imprints. So I think spiritually you get you get imprints here, you have echoes here. I think there's a lot of ways that that energy can impact the environment around it, but I think once it loses its primary connection to this plane, it's just relegated to you know the plane where it continues to exist on, where it's been existing. It's just 
something here, let's go, and it moves on. To and I mean it it it, it severs that connection and it just kind of the the mass and weight of it is is on the other side. <laughs> that, that sounded really scientific, didn't it? it didn't. No, but that actually makes if people think about it, that makes logical sense though. It it truly does. I mean, there's so much in the field that just proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that the paranormal does exist. And for me, it's like any time that we've done um, the PSI testing, psychic ability testing, in the Mm -hmm. controlled study area um, with the EEG machine, it's fascinating to me because each time they will get something right before they get it right, and this is what blows my mind, before they get it right, the EEG machine will measure it. It's fascinating, actually. Well, how? In what way? You say the EEG machine will measure it, but, like, what do you mean? Well, it's because we have several different machines hooked up. And what happens is like lights up before they get it right that you see something trigger? Yes, absolutely. And it's fascinating to me, and the reason why this is so fascinating to me is – I'm wondering if maybe, and now just ponder this. Now, remember, this is all theory that I'm working on here. Um, If, Mm -hmm. indeed, a person can manifest something into reality, which we know reality is a but if they can manifest something into reality, which we know can happen, then in the same pretext, is it feasible that they would be able to, um, per se, have the psychic ability to see what's there before it's there. Make sense? That's the whole part of PSI, Mm -hmm. I know. But um, so at what point does that projection, you know, of the human projecting something coincide with, the so-called PSI and psychic ability. Is it one in the same region of the brain? Is it different parts of the brain? Is it, you know, there's so many variables there that it's a question that you actually have to ask yourself. Because if, say, for instance, we all know that the human mind, we all have that fight or flight. Everyone. Mm-hmm. But we can we also know beyond a shadow and this is medically proven this has been medically proven beyond a shadow of a doubt we know that people that hold true psychic sensitive you know the abilities correct psi um we do know that there is a small immorality in their right region right front cortex of their brain okay now, mm-hmm. we know that when somebody is blind, they're hearing amps, or when they're hearing, when they're deaf, they're, they're sight amps. It's the body's way of kind of equalizing everything else. Yeah, it's compensating so, to make up for the senses it lacks, yes. Correct. So if they have some damage, even if it's extremely slight, to the right cortex center or the front lobal cortex of their brain, would it make logical sense that the left side, which is where we believe, I truly believe that that's where the psychic sensitive, uh, all the 
stuff actually reside, is that amped up to make up for the other side of the brain, therefore it's giving them, let's say second sight would be a better word for it, um, <laughs> to be able to, you know, able to coincide for maybe what the right side of the brain is lacking. Well, that's really interesting. That is really interesting. There's just so many questions. All right, now I, I, I've got to stop, like, drifting into thinking mode because because otherwise I'm going to be <laughs> focused on, on contemplating what was... Uh, what was said instead of instead of continuing the discussion. <laughs> I think that science absolutely can prove the existence of paranormal phenomena. I truly do. I just think that our science hasn't caught up with the theories as of yet is what I think the problem is. Well, we're getting, there. we're getting there. We are absolutely getting there because but paranormal field, they go out, they get something on video, maybe, I don't know. And I, Lord, forgive me, I know I'm going to get a hate mail for this one. But the orbs, the, or, the orbs drive me crazy. <laughs> I used to have, yeah, I used to have people send me orb pictures, and I would literally send them a bottle of Pledge. Um, you know, you're like, orbs that would drive me absolutely Or a bug. Or, yeah. Yeah, or, oh, God. You know, I'm just like, why? Why has it got to be a ghost? You know, why? Why? But, um, so I think that what the paranormal field, like, energy that is just dampened up, a.k.a., you know, a residual versus an intelligent versus a full body. Uh, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, you know, caught photos with anomalies, paranormal phenomena in the back. Um, but yet, some of the equipment that we're using today, yes, I'm sorry, it's just not the right equipment. <laughs> not the right equipment, people. There are so many variables. I mean, it's it's just vast on people need to take a stronger scientific stance. Like your husband, actually. And yes, I'm going to like blow this up for a minute. Your husband just created something that's amazing. Amazing. Um, Go ahead and explain a little. I don't know your husband's work. I know it's amazing and I love the Scooby-Doo bus. But I... This can be too busy. Yeah. Well, I okay. I don't so, want Scooby Doo bus to come home with me, man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This is well. Okay. So no, no problems. We'll work on that. We um. Well, okay. So yeah, science at work. Um, actually, but this is related to uh, EMP um, or elect, um, EM pumps. So a lot of people believe you know, ghost hunting, which paranormal, things like this, that um, entities, spiritual entities feed off of electromagnetic energy 
because it helps strengthen them or strengthen their connection to this plane, helps them communicate, do stuff, turn lights on and off, all that good stuff like that. So uh, he was working on an EM pump. And I don't know if anybody, you know, when you've used them, you know they can be kind of loud, right? Yeah. Generating the energy. Absolutely. They make that buzz. Okay. So, you know, that's from the motor. There's a magnet. It's spinning around wires. That's how it's creating the the uh, the EM field. Um, and uh, with that rotation, it can it can cause a lot of noise. It can be loud. It you know what have you. So he was working on an engineering design, and it's a simple little thing. But basically, I mean, not not to not give him props because I think it's brilliant, but, you know, it's some yeah, of the, some of the most was brilliant simple. fixes ever are simple. You know, the KISS principle. Wait, that was simple? <laughs> okay, then I feel really stupid because to me that was not simple. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay, no, 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 no. I mean, I said, like, again, I'm not trying to, you know, he, he deserves his credit and he's brilliant and I love him. I'm just saying that, you know, he engineered up, he he came up with some components to help stabilize the motor and, uh, you know, things like that so that it, uh, to eliminate the noises and, and deal with the wobble and deal with all kinds of things. Um, and it's, it's, it, it is brilliant, but it's, it's simple in nature. You know what I mean? Like the best fixes are always yeah. like elegance <laughs> and simple, yeah, hopefully. Um, so, so in basic testing that we're doing right now, you know, he's built some EM pumps and those are, um, testing at about, they're, they're putting out about 80 milligauss at one oh, foot wow. distance from it, which is pretty oh, intense wow. because the range of EM pumps that we measured with the same voltage, um, we're, we're kind of averaging between 28 milligauss to about 40. So it's anywhere from like two, two and a half times as strong as, well, that's what I'm going to say that's actually a, a pretty big variable. It is a big variable. So it's potent, man. It's potent. And it was hysterical because I'm, you know, sensitive to energy. And he goes here, he's like, honey, look at this. And, uh, you know, he turns it on, and oh my God, it felt like somebody whacked me in the head. <laughs> it was, it was potent. I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's strong. Let's see how that. Uh, let's see how they like that. Well, that's right. You are you are you are sensitive, and most people don't know you are a little psychic. Well, you know. Oh come yeah, I guess on, it's you okay. Could call it that, sure. Yeah. Been, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so not. You're like the I'm not exactly. You're science-minded, and you have. See, I don't think I can handle psychic ability because <laughs> I. I don't would, think I can I, handle psychic ability. Are you kidding? You would find <laughs> me in a nut house somewhere because I would be trying to explain to everybody how it's not physically possible. <laughs> They would you know, be like, I, I will go in a white jacket. I I will tell you that um, you know I I know plenty of people who are full time. They're sensitive. That's what they do. I guess I'm I uh, 
I wouldn't call it in the closet, but <laughs> I don't I don't actually go around. That's not something I, I go around promoting about myself. But I guess I'm I am sensitive. Um, you are definitely and uh, yeah, yeah. So ghosts like me, so yay. But um, see, I'm sensitive to the rocks and the spirits hate me. I can go into any place and they can be being really nice, and then all of a sudden they will cuss me out. Cuss me out. <laughs> see, so I don't I get it. Out. I get a lot of. Uh, I I I get. I even go into places where there are like really angry ghosts, and they're like, "Hey man, what's up?" So. Oh, see, yeah, for me, yeah, for me, I walk in and everybody's they're being nice to everybody else, and then the first words I hear is, "What is that beat doing here?" And I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute here." <laughs> nice. What is it they're saying? Yeah, I'm not their no, I just. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been I, called um, everything under the sun. Oh, that's yeah. I don't um, I'm not sure I've. I've been called any names necessarily. Oh, God. I don't know. I get a lot of I love yeah, you. I get a lot of I love yous. And can I, like, can I, like, come home with you? And I'm like, okay, yeah, my husband wouldn't yeah. like that. So They absolutely um, hate me. Oh, goodness. Well, that'll be fun. I guess, you know, when we go someplace, that'll be a lot of fun then to see how that works. Well, you know, um, we do have... We absolutely have Angel Island and Dry to go to this year. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just want somebody to, like, drop me off on an island and leave. Go away. You know, let me do my thing. Let me do my science <laughs> me experiment. Too. Only I would Alice stay there. On the island. <laughs> I can take a test. Yeah. I'm good. Exactly. I think that's, but that's uh, no, I think that's fun. brilliant. I, um, and it's nice that your hubby makes these things because we could actually oh. do a field test on Angel Island with it. That would be great. Let's do that. We're actually working on a few pieces of equipment. So. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. Total random yeah. subject change. Okay. I just had, I, uh, yeah, my science mind just triggered. Okay. okay. Think about this. You know how you and I earlier were talking about the weight of what we call negative energy versus positive energy, what people would call possessed haunted versus non-possessed haunted, whatever. Right? Yes. Right, yes. right, right. Okay. Your husband's design and it being two and a half times, two and a half times what a normal one would be. I'm wondering if we took some known cursed objects, which I have, and we know a bunch. We both know people that have them. Oh, and yeah. we took yeah. them into the laboratory, right? Mm-hmm. And we were able to put them on the scale. And we were able to prove that once they were blessed, how much weight they had lost. And if we could map it out, oh, yeah. Okay. This is no, okay. So I think, but you know what? I think I, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. So 
But you have to do a lot of objects. You really have to map it. I'm going to tell you why. So you know your question earlier. I have 100 okay. of them sitting. I have 100 of them. Our other people that we know have more than I do. So. Oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. I bet. So, yeah, we're yeah you can, and you I can find stuff all over the But, yeah. yeah. I know they've got but, but, so, attachments. Is it only you know, negative attachments? Is it positive attachments? Can you measure a blessing? Can you measure a curse? Can you measure dark energy? What is the difference if you're really creating a map, you know, you supposedly have these different energetic entities from different locations. So is there going to be like a curve? Are you going to be able to begin to define regions of connection or where the connection is emanating from? based okay, on I a weight variable. Scale. You see what I'm saying? Like if you chart it, or is that just crazy? I feel like I've got holes no, 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 in it. No, 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 that's you know. brilliant. That's exactly what we want. No, that's brilliant. Because if we think about it, I will have to get the scale over there. Um, oh, yeah, we definitely need to do this. Absolutely. Okay, it's on. It's on. Cursed objects. Blessed objects. We're doing it. Yeah. I mean, I literally have a voodoo doll from the Dogman Drive back into the 1700s, which literally put me in the hospital. But that's wow. another story for another day. Oh, yeah, this <laughs> thing, put it this way, I have, I've had it blessed twice. It has a um, crucifix around it. It has a prayer card from the priest on it, and it has sage in it. This thing has jacked oh me up on more than one occasion. I won't even dust so are, around it because I'm literally scared of it. Like, why do you legitimately have scared it? of it? Are you just like, what am you, I going to do mean, with like, it? Put it in. But see, this is yeah, the give thing it when to I somebody else, it. let it eat someone else who doesn't know how to. Well, that's, that's just the thing. This is why, like, I have over 100 items. Um, I have serial okay. killer letters to victims. But this is the thing. When I pick up an item, I can't just be like, hey, do you want this? Because what if that person doesn't know what they're doing? These, I mean, oh, and a lot true. of people yeah. don't understand. These things can have, you can have a really bad day with these things. My Tibetan skull, my Tibetan mm-hmm. skull has literally caused so much havoc. We had to put it in a glass case, a blessed oh. case. And the church, like full on Annabelle. Church, Oh, yeah, the Catholic Church literally kept it and prayed over it for a week straight. My Tibetan skull was just off the chain. I mean, I mean, it was really, really bad. Everything, cars were blowing up. My, it was bad. It was, it was biblically bad. Um, wow. Now she's enclosed in case. I would never take her out of the glass, ever, or him. It, it's a him. Sorry. I would never take him out of the glass. And there's okay. certain items that stay in that hutch. And I won't even dust around them. I will not go close enough to them to dust around them. I'll dust around everything else. I don't touch those two things. I do not touch them. Um, just because I've had my butt kicked several times by these items. So I won't. Dad, yeah, I don't go near these. These, these two are something I, I don't know. I don't know. There must be something the matter with me because to me, I'm like, that's a challenge. Now that's a challenge. <laughs> like, well, you know, I used to be like that till I got my butt kicked by it. I used to be like, ah, oh, no, I'm good. You know, I 
pulled like my chairs, my satanic chairs. I pulled out of the satanic church. Yeah, I keep telling people, don't sit in them. Don't sit in them. You don't want to sit in that chair. You don't want to. And what's the first thing they want to do? Sit in. Sit in that chair. Nope. Oh, my gosh. I've seen people get violently sick, and I mean throwing up. <laughs> I said, well, I told you not to sit in that chair. I don't feel bad for you because I told you three times, do not sit in that chair. It's you know. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's my, my new favorite phrase. Again, the old coming back. But, um, no, yeah, like, if you, if the chair is bad, don't sit in the bad chair. <laughs> don't sit in right. the bad energy it, chair. But see, all right, so, so I, um, I mean, I can't, and you know, I, I find this, I said I can help cursed objects or attached objects, but I can't help stupid people. <laughs> it's above my pay grade, you know. Oh man, yeah, I feel you. I definitely feel you. We, um, I think it's, uh, um, well, I'm just fascinated by this whole topic, and I have, you know, to me, and maybe this is a slightly different perspective because I talk about being a little bit sensitive. I'm, I'm usually really sensitive to energies. Okay, so like when I talk about the EM pump and feeling like, wow, I mean, I can feel it. I have, um, I've gone into, you know, haunted locations, worked with other teams, things like this, and gone into haunted locations and been like, well, I'm really feeling something right here. I like, I feel this vibration. It's like right here, right here. And, you know, somebody will come over with the K2 or, you know, there happens to be a hidden wire somewhere or an invisible dog fence. <laughs> like, you know, I just... And, and I, to me, that's interesting because, like, usually when I'm feeling something, it'll have an electromagnetic signature that's detectable. Not always. You know, sometimes it's, that's, kind of, that's kind of fun stuff. So you're sitting there talking about your chair, and I'm going, I probably wouldn't be tempted. I'd probably be like, oh, no, <laughs> like, from across the room. <laughs> You, but no thanks. See, are you gonna lock it I up? Actually Are you gonna lose knowledge? I'm sorry. You did what? I illuminated it because I used forensic science. So okay. when we were at a church, now we know for we know for fact that the church was his church in 1939. Or I'm okay. sorry, 1839. And then it went all the way through, and it dwindled out. The congregation dwindled out about. 1980, and the church sat vacant for years. And then the occult moved into the church. Mm. They, we know for fact they did human sacrifices. We have two missing girls that is in our cold case files from this particular church. It was the last place they were seen um, with the occult guys, mind you. So okay. after that, the, the town kind of ran the occult out. And another congregation, church congregation, bought it. And when they bought it, the church was just having a fit. It was not having anything, did did not want in there. The cross was hung upside down. I mean, we have photos of all this. So, of course, we went in, and um, I was like, okay. So, was this like, wait, 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 wait. Was this like 
poltergeist activity? Was this like poltergeist oh, activity? No, this was, no, what they did was they did sacrifices in this church. Now, the church, what they did was they hung the original cross upside down. The, oh, the they did. Okay. did. All right. Yeah, I'm just, this I'm wasn't like just making sure I'm clear yet. there. Okay. All right. Yeah, no. But when we were there, the owner who would not really come in, he stood by the door. But we saw this shadow. And it was, you could clearly see the military uniform. Clearly see the military uniform. But it looked like. The face looked like somebody had taken a pencil and just erased all the features. Okay? It was just mm-hmm. like the shadow. Um, and this thing was by the front door, and it bum-rushed. And I mean, I'm not talking about slowly. I mean, bum-rushed, knock you on your butt, the owner. Wow. Um, yeah, and this guy was like a big country boy. I mean, he was big. And it just put him on his butt. So we did our investigation, and I'm thinking, okay, now nobody ever told us it was a Civil War hospital, but when I sprayed the place, the whole place lit up like a neon sign in Vegas with blood. So it was from the Civil War. Wow. Well, we sprayed the pulpit and underneath the, by the floor, and yeah. we got blood through, so we pulled it back and we found the pentagram. Oh. Okay, it was so soaked, soaked, soaked. I mean, the blood was so heavy there, it was insanity. And so well, did the they police said, ever investigate, get... you know, like, you luminol, well, they, they see evidence of blood spills, but... But this is the thing, in a lot of these small country places, their police department mm-hmm. is so defunded that they don't have the equipment they need to solve these cases. People are always screaming, defund the police, defund the police. But if somebody breaks in your house, who's the first people you're going to call? 911, the police. Mm-hmm. But they don't. I ride with more forensics equipment in my hearse than the police have in that town, period. Period. Um, oh, wow. So they just don't have the resources. So they asked yeah, but us like to when take, you found it, did you contact them or did you? Oh, absolutely. You, no, absolutely we did. Absolutely. Because okay. now, mind you, there are two missing girls, both young girls. I'm talking like 16, 18 area. Yeah. Um, missing from this church. So at that point in time, of course, we called the police in because any evidence we get, we turn over if we think it's viable information. So the church, of course, they couldn't do much. It's a very cold case. It came from the 80s. It's it's old. Um, I didn't have any decaps, so I couldn't tell if it was human or animal at that point. But we did go back and test, and it was human when I got the decaps in because they were on backwater. So we do know that there was there's blood there from a human. That's 100% guarantee you cannot... Fake forensic science. It is what it is, period. Um, So they asked us to take the items from the church, which one was a box that it was like a kit, almost like an exorcist kit, you know? Okay. But it had a bunch of really different weird stuff in it, not like the priest used. And then the other was the three chairs. Um, 
so I ended up with the three chairs at my house. Didn't really, the box I wasn't willing to bring in. Um, so I actually sent that home with a pastor friend of mine who does exorcism because I figured that was the best place for it to be. Sure. Um, so, yeah, a lot of those times when we get cases like that, we'll take stuff. Well, we don't want to, but they kind of force us to. Um, <laughs> to, to get it get it out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Or people will just randomly leave stuff on my front porch, which is crazy. Crazy. That's what happened with the booty doll. But um, I do believe that... Mm, I know for a fact that energy weighs different weights. Um, so I am definitely all on board. Let's do this. I would love to use your husband's new device to see if we could amp it up and maybe oh, sure. get a read on it before and a read on it after. Definitely. Because if we, can, if we know that we can amp up that energy, right, Mm-hmm. then what's to say that the atmospheric pull around us at certain phases isn't amping up that activity? You understand what I'm saying? Maybe. When you're talking okay. about the atmospheric pull, no, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. okay. Okay, so if we use your husband's new piece of equipment, right? Okay, yes. And we add all of that into the atmosphere with the item. And the item already has, say, X amount, we'll say X amount of energy stored in it, and we amp it with your husband's device to have X plus X amount, whatever that denomination ends up being, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we can actually get a guideline on how much, because we know what your husband's puts out. So we can see what it does before versus what it does after it's amped. And then after it's amped, we can go ahead and do the blessing or whatever, 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 and see if it, you know, if it takes it down, the energy down, and then when it hit with your husband's device again to see if it changes from what it originally was. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting because in a way, you're saying, so like, see whether or not the EMF impacts it, feeds it, stimulates it. But if something's feeding or, or taking the energy in, absorbing it in some way, then you'd have to have an actual entity there. So are we talking about items? You know, now now you're getting into things when you're talking about an attachment. Are you talking about a conscious attachment? Are you talking about an, just an energetic imprint? Is that perhaps a way to distinguish between something that is capable of taking and utilizing the energy versus an echo, which would it respond to EMF? I mean, maybe that's something that has to be looked at at some point, because would an echo respond? You would think it would. That that would be 
my theoretical just because it's opinion. charging just because it's charging the atmosphere Correct. and therefore but then that calls into the question the nature of how it functions so is it just like a, a battery here's your battery Boop. Correct. But see, that's will, the fun will... part. This is, this is what we get to figure out. All right. Well, let's do it. This is crazy. <laughs> Straight up crazy. Well, you yes. Got, you got two mad scientists here. What else are you going to do? <laughs> I, God, I don't even know. You know, at some point, we're going to come up with something that's insane. We, like, you know, it's like nothing we've said so far. <laughs> <laughs> right, we no, we haven't gotten crazy yet. You just wait. You wait till it gets crazy. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, we get a lot crazier. Trust me. This is the first one, so it is a mellow show. Okay. <laughs> right. But, oh, oh goodness. I think we've actually exceeded her time. <laughs> Have we? Okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, for those listening, I mean. Isn't this? It says there's a there's a, a two hour slot here. Oh, but we're so, getting in. But we still got time. Yeah, we're no, no, we're fine, we're fine. I'm not saying that anybody wants to continue listening to us. I mean, we may be the only ones. We're just we're just having a conversation. Um, you know. Oh, I know, I know that. Uh, trust me, I know people that are listening. <laughs> and oh, they know right. I'm insane. Okay. No, they okay. know I'm insane. So that's okay. Well, now they that's know I'm okay. insane too, so that works. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, and by the well, way, how is how is Ko doing? Oh my gosh, she's doing amazing. You know, that woman is so brilliant. She blows my freaking mind. I mean, I just some of the things she says makes me feel so stupid. <laughs> wow. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, I thought I was smart. <laughs> I pride myself on, you know. Being halfway intelligent, um, gosh, dang, she has me beat on the intelligent meteor like tenfold. You know, tenfold. This woman is, oh, my God, she's brilliant. She is, she's like, I don't know. She's like artificial intelligence brilliant. Scary. <laughs> she's scary brilliant, yeah. She makes me feel stupid. You know? <laughs> She makes me feel yeah. like I need to go back to high school. <laughs> you know? Go back to grade school. <laughs> right. Thin, thin but, um, school. She's doing really well. Um, she, I know that she's got some big news hitting. So I'm very excited for her. We have some extremely big news hitting, but unfortunately I can't say anything just yet. Um, but yeah, things are going very, very well. I'm proud of That's her, you cool. know. She's such a great person too. She's one of those people that would give anybody the shit off her back. Do you know that she cooks like on Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff? She cooks like four or five cookies or whatever she's making. And do you know mm-hmm. she goes and delivers it to families that don't have anything? That's beautiful. I mean, she is, she's an amazing person. I just, yeah. I hope one day I can be just like one-tenth as kind as she is. Just one-tenth, man. All I want. 
Wow. I uh I don't even I can't measure the scale. I'm like I just It's <laughs> amazing. Hmm. And she does animal rescue. Believe it or not, she rescued a baby squirrel the day it was born. Aww. It fell out of the nest. Did you know she nursed that nursed her and she still has her? The squirrel. The squirrel. That's perfect. And the squirrel thinks it's a cat. Her name is Lizzie. She is the sweetest thing. She plays with the dogs and the cats. And I mean, she is, she is, yeah, she's like the animal whisperer. Oh, she that's picks fabulous. Up pigeons that have been injured. And <laughs> she's amazing. She's an amazing person. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I think uh, big shoes to fill. So. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. She's she's an amazing, amazing human being. Absolutely. And well, she does all that. You know those TV like when you go to the airport, yeah, and you walk by and you see all those things on the TVs, or you go to the gas pump and you pick it up and you see that TV thing. She does yeah. all of that. She does all of that. Really? Oh, yeah. She's like media guru. I mean, I want to know what her mother fed her when she was a baby, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, we need need some of that. Yeah, we need to get this diet out to the world, you know. (laughs) Right, yes. So, um, all right. Well, you know, I feel like we're kind of winding down. I feel like we're we're sliding into the <laughs> the the range yeah, of go to, yeah. yeah exactly. So um, how do we wrap this up? Well, actually, um, I believe we'll be back next week. So we are going to tell everybody that we will be not back next week. I will uh, advertise on my page if you will advertise on yours, and oh. I'm going to try to get us a guest next week. Um, I'm going to try. Keyword there, try. Um. <laughs> okay. So, I'll attempt it. But actually, tell people real quick with your husband's, um, with your husband's device, because he is going to, I hope he's going to sell it anyways, because I definitely want one. Um, tell them how they can, like, reach out and find out more about his creation. Oh, geez. I don't think we're at that point yet, but um, probably by next week I will have information for you. So, I mean, I know he's got a platform that he's been working on and and things, but he's still going through the testing phase with uh, with everything. But but I will ask him. I will ask him, and I will get that together. So. (laughs) Oh, and I I got to send you uh, the malice. I got to send you over the malice. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna work on getting you the malice tonight. And you will be that down is, here the sixteenth, right? Sixteenth, sixteenth and seventeenth, yes. Okay, and I really on me. Think, well, I'm really thinking that we should absolutely like take the seventeenth market off. And I will get the um scale. Let's uh, move forward with the beginning trial stages. What do you think? 
Definitely. Let's do it. I'm in. Let's do it. Moving forward. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm in. All right. For you guys, Perfect. it was a pleasure for you guys to come listen to us. Thank you for having us, and we will see you next week. See you next week.